My name is Juliet Davenport and I'm founder and CEO of Good Energy. So what, what for you does a fair energy system look like? I suppose um, the, the vision of the future where we see a much fairer system is where individuals are in better control of their energy. Um, and I think that on many levels, um, one, that individuals can be part of generating energy themselves. Um, they can either do that in their own homes or as part of community action. Um, that businesses can do the same, that businesses can generate their own power. Um, and that the power isn't concentrated in one place, which I think is the energy market we've seen for the last 30 to 40 years, where essentially centralised system um, has been slightly dictated to by the way the market has been structured. Um, and all those large decisions about who makes margins in the central system um, all comes through a sort of big regulated central body. Um, and actually the individuals who buy power on the ends don't have any influence on that whatsoever. And so um, my picture of a fairer world is actually individuals can be part of it rather than excluded from the energy market. And what's the role of, um, of communities and community energy? You're one of the biggest companies that sort of supports community energy. Why does it, why does it matter? So I think communities have various different roles, and I think um, identifying different communities obviously uh, have different strengths. Um, so each community, you can't, you can't put them all in a box. Um, so we see the strengths of communities in that um, people tend to trust their neighbours um, rather than trusting energy companies about energy. Um, so there was some brilliant work done by a couple of big community groups, um, volunteer groups on energy efficiency, where people went door to door talking to their neighbours about the things they'd done in their own homes. Um, and that had huge cut through in terms of actually the uptake of energy efficiency and the thoughtfulness about energy efficiency. Um, the same on renewables. Um, when you te- we, we work as individuals, we tend to like to hear other people's stories about what they've done in terms of energy. Um, so if I hear that my neighbour's done his solar panels, which is exactly what I heard and I hadn't got around to doing it for ages, I then got on and did mine. And I think there's this piece about community where we give each other confidence to do things on an individual basis, but also we can come together as a, at a community level and do bigger more more engaged pieces around our schools, around even potential bigger renewable projects. So community has this huge long-term sort of influence on our usage and development of renewables um, and energy more widely. And I think we underestimate quite often the the huge influence it can have. And um, we mentioned before there the, the recent announcements that the government are considering up to 87% cuts or something in subsidies for solar. What's that all about? So I think it's, I think it's really an interesting uh, position. I think actually what we've seen is the success of renewables over the last um, two to three years particularly. Um, renewables have successfully delivered, I think, 21% of our electricity requirements in the first quarter of this year. Um, and what we're beginning to see now is that's beginning to have a wider impact on the energy market as a whole. Um, and that what that means is that you have different voices in there basically saying they're reducing our margin. This is happening. So we're beginning to see a kickback, I think. Um, and that's a twofold. One is that the Treasury is basically saying that we can't add any more to people's bills to support renewables. Um, our argument against that is actually renewables is reducing 
the cost of energy bills as well. Um, so you need to take the two into balance. And actually, longer term, low carbon could mean low cost as well. Um, and you had to take a longer term view. So I think what we're seeing is a very short term view of the fact that they put in bu- a budget in place originally between the Department of Energy and Climate Change and the Treasury. That budget looks like it's going to be overspent. Um, but actually, the budget was false in the first place. And I think this is our concern is we've not got enough voices in there actually telling people about the benefits of renewables that we're really seeing coming through, reducing everybody's bills in the UK. I mean, we're now seeing some very, very ambitious community energy projects like Bath and West Community Energy, who've raised millions of pounds in community investment. There are thousands of of community energy projects, some of whom are attracting some very uh, serious uh, investment and then using that not just to do energy, but to do all kinds of interesting things. And many of those would be transition groups. If this this, uh, goes through... What impact will it have on those projects, do you think? I think we'll see a lot of those projects go away and that kind of creativity that we've seen around renewables being able to be an engine for communities um, disappear. And I think that will be a real shame. And I think this is one of the points that we need to work with government on is to potentially protect the community element um, and whether there is a way forward where communities can still, particularly if they're shown to be giving proper community, local community benefits, um, then actually they should still be supported and maybe supported from other budgets other than the ones, the levy control framework. One of the one of the things that's been interesting with all of the, with the Labour Party leadership election has been, uh, going back to the question of fairness, has been this idea that uh, if you have a load of policies that are around fairness and equality, that, then you become unelectable. Uh, you know, which has been one of the things that have been levelled at Jeremy Corbyn and so on. I wonder if you if you have a sense of whether uh, stuff that really makes a fairer society and a more equitable society in terms of energy, but other things, is something that is really electable. Is something that people are really really want. That's a really interesting question, and the my, my honest answer is I don't know because I haven't ever tried to elect off the bat of it. Um, I think that is a passionate feeling about energy amongst a lot of consumers. Um, not all consumers, obviously, because we, we already know that sort of up to sort of 50 to 60% of the market hasn't ever switched. But I think everybody else is very concerned about, are they being ripped off? Do they think they're getting a fair deal from their um, energy supplier? Sort of, what are the options for them going forward? So I think there's a reasonable percentage of the of customers, at least, who think getting a fair deal is important. Um, so, uh, and I think energy, we saw that in the in the election, is that although sort of Labour didn't bring it forward, that policy that um, they talked about in terms of trying to, I guess, bring fairness into the energy market was a very popular um, piece for them to look to discuss in the initial days. And I think what we saw is then it was then overtaken by other areas. But, but actually that whole piece around fairness on energy bills was very powerful and it got a lot of press coverage. So I, I would I would question that. I think presented in the right way, um, I think it is a really important point. What does the recent competition market review tell us about the, um, the fairness or unfairness of having the big six 
model that we have in the UK at the moment? So what's really interesting about that is that the CMA, Competition Market Authority, did a review and they looked across the whole market to see whether it was working properly or not. And, and the key, one of their key findings was that those customers who have never switched, those people who have stayed with their energy supplier ever since they were, they, they were made back in the kind of, as of late 90s, um, essentially are being treated unfairly. So they're, being, they're not being given the best deals. Um, and although those customers probably expect that those companies are looking after them, they're really not looking after them. And I think that's a real shame, actually, um, and continues to undermine trust in the energy market. And I suppose from our point of view, more individuals who can get involved and take control of the energy market, i.e. either become a producer or start to change their behaviour or work with their communities to look at the overall community behaviour, the better. I had a lovely story the other day where um, we talked to this lovely lady about what she does with her energy bills and actually she invites her next door neighbour over for a cup of tea and they compare energy bills. Now I'm not something that I would have guessed that anybody would want to do but that's the kind of thing we want to see happening is actually people being empowered on an individual and community level really to discuss energy um, and to take it into their own hands and do something about it.